Hello, welcome to On and Off the Pitch. It's back, the football chat, and I'm joined by Sophie Lawson, Attenborough Women's Football. Also, of course, how are you? Um, I'm not too bad. I'm going to be unnecessarily honest here. I just woke up from a nap um, 11 minutes ago. And I, I look at my phone when I wake up. And I saw the time. I was like, oh, no. Um, so I might be a bit, so my voice is, is getting, needs to wake up. Um, and I'm just a bit muzzy. <laughs> it's, it's all right. No one knows what time this has been recorded. It's probably 6.15 a.m. So for the, anywhere in the world, it's the morning. It's just yeah. what it is. No shame. How are you, Rodney? Yeah, not too bad. A bit busy. Almost forgot to send you the link for our chat. Sat here thinking Sophie will be here soon. Realised I didn't. Yeah. Life stuff. Um, it's going to be a good episode. This is going well. <laughs> it's going well. We're here talking. What can I say? Um, yeah. It's. Uh, do you know what? It's been a while because there's no real any no WSL football to talk about. But I want to talk about WSL. The the big game at the weekend obviously was the the FA Cup final between Chelsea and Arsenal, uh, Arsenal women. And uh, I, I saw your tweet saying you, you were going somewhere and I thought you were going to the game, but you weren't. No, um, I um, I went somewhere warm. I, I, was, uh, I was at the uh, the BT studio, um, other side of London, which uh, I live near Wembley. So I had to go, I always have to go via. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so lit. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so near. Yeah, I can try I can get it. Well look, there are a couple of things we want I want to talk about today. I've got a little list. I want to talk about the FA Cup and a hundred years. I want to talk about some WSL stuff and, and, and a, a link primarily to player burnout. Uh championship news and, and that's linked to probably the first one but also I, I need to ask you and this is I'm going to give you time to warm up what the bloody hell is going on in the NWSL because I haven't got a clue I have not got a I'm seeing stuff and I'm like what what what's going on so that that can come later but I, I thought I need to ask this question and you you definitely will give me an answer definitely okay and um as I was getting ready for our little chat today, I thought, how cheeky could I be if if the football world of Woso had a, a Marvel's version of what if? What if? And it's a cheeky one, uh, a really cheeky one. And, and, and my, it will come later, but some, some may like it, some may not. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the FA Cup. FA Cup glory. Don't don't cry, Sophie. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you get to watch the game? No, no, I did. Um, yeah, I had it on multiple screens actually. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it was it was very good if you're a Chelsea fan. Um, I think <laughs> so. Selling it as it is. <laughs> I was really looking forward to the game. Um, mm. It hasn't been top two in England um, in the FA Cup final for however long. Yeah. Right, these are these are two teams who are really just. I mean, defensively we could see some issues, but the attack should be amazing. Um, and then one team didn't show up, 
Uh, oh, okay. So we really hyped it up. And then, I mean, like, how Chelsea played? Great advert, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a little disappointing when, when teams get to, to finals or, or whatever. And whatever happens to them, they just kind of can't show up with their best football. Uh, and I think that was that was very much Arsenal's story. Um, yes, I, I I I was kind of trying to watch a number of things on on Sunday. I was watching the game, but there were other things on as well, and I couldn't believe how quickly Chelsea scored. And the the mix up in defence was was quite comical from an Arsenal team who have literally obliterated. And, and bludgeon teams so far this season for them to just not know what they were doing at the back. It just seems like a comedy of errors within a short space of time. And, you know, Chelsea's attack with, with Kirby and Kerr, they don't really let those moments go without, you know, punishing the discipline. And three minutes is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the kind of, goal you receive in a game that will kind of knock the stuffing out of you because you're you're hyped and that you're 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 running on adrenaline it just seemed to go wrong from there it was it was a weird goal um and it was and i don't want to take anything away from uh i say frank frank kirby's um you know sort of like attacking um everything really and, and the finish um and had that extra little touch just to create the space i don't take anything away from that but just the way the ball kind of bounced between uh i think it's ruben moy and marnham and the way it bounced off of marnham's chest and perfectly occur i think that that tells you what kind of day arsenal gonna have that that was that was how the ball bounced yeah um and then yeah and and, and kirby uh, did absolutely everything she needed to um, but I mean, you say that you you can't give this Chelsea team those chances, you know. I, Sam Kerr could have had a hat trick, you know, aside outside of the goal she scored. Um, she she seemed to be missing so many, and then she pops up and scores like her hardest two chances and the most audacious chip in the end as well. But yeah, um, yeah. Weird game, um, you know. I've, yeah, um, I kept thinking about the the Conti Cup final of 2020, where Arsenal were in really bad form going into it, and Chelsea were just on it. Yeah, and I think about you know Chelsea started so quickly in that game; they got the early goal. Then Arsenal grew into it, had the best of it for almost the entire game, just were moving the ball around outside Chelsea's box weren't really taking any chances. Yeah, you have Williamson's late equaliser and then Chelsea's late, late, late winner. But, you know, the the way that game went, it wasn't necessarily a Chelsea win. So I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, because you, you, you're trying to predict how that game will go based on form going into it, this could go anyway. And then it ends up just being so one-sided and it becomes like... Uh, an even more extreme version of the last time they, they met in the FA Cup final when it was 3-1 um, and, and Arsenal just couldn't get a foothold. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like they've, they've had some 
they've had some strange games over the years, but uh, it's good if you're a Chelsea fan. It's just, just they were so good, you know, and every player, uh, everyone had a role to play and they, they just executed it so well. Um, and I keep wanting to focus on how well Chelsea played because it yeah. really does deserve so much praise. But I keep thinking, enough, but Arsenal was so bad. And for as good as Chelsea were, and, and were individually, Arsenal was so bad individually and collectively. You know? And it's going to take it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. Post match comment from the manager. He said that we 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 don't have the pressure on the player that played a pass in the opposition. He says he, he said that we need to protect the space behind us. We're not recognizing that at the moment early enough. And I'm not thinking that's a really strange thing to hear a manager say after a, after a cup final where you would have been prepped and prepared that this Chelsea team were not going to start slow. They weren't going to start. And Chelsea don't, you, you can't allow them to have space. So that should have been a given, not just for, for him, but for every single player on the Arsenal team. It, it looked like Arsenal players were standing off. They didn't get close enough. And when they did get close enough, some of the challenges were um, robust, to say the, the very least. Uh, but they were at least five seconds off the pace across across the pitch. They just seemed really, really slow. And it's like, you know, for me, I'm watching Arsenal. I'm not an Arsenal women's expert, but it didn't seem like they were fully switched on or the adrenaline got the better of them and they just didn't get into their slick passing their slick passing mode that we've seen so far this year. It was very odd. But for Chelsea, fantastic. Sam Kerr, there were two, you you mentioned that she could have had a hat-trick. I look at her and I think, is the game so easy for you that you miss those chances and people don't say, do you know, because you just think, seriously, your goal tally, I I, I mean, again, I, I will talk about how new I am to the women's game of football as a fan. And everything has been about me, demand, how she's the goal and this and that. And I look at Sam Kerr and I'm thinking, how many chances do you give up in a game? I'm, you could easily get 50 goals a season, the amount of chance. Like, the first chance she missed, I thought all she needed to do was slide it on the floor or pass the keeper. She would have scored. But she chose the most difficult strike. And I thought, she's not, she's not relaxed. Or she's too relaxed couldn't work it out and as you say the goal that she scored bless you and silent sneezes is great um the the goal she scored was what i call saucy you don't try that (laughs) you try that you try that in training that was a really good goal it's an exceptional goal it's a goal that will go down in the histories of the game to score it in front of a crowd of that capacity, to score it at Wembley, to score it against your London rivals in a in a in a in a game of this magnitude that will always be remembered and referred to is big. And I just I'm I'm torn between how great she is and that she doesn't get enough praise, or I'm thinking, does she is it too easy for her that sometimes the chances that we look at and think she's gonna score and she doesn't score, you just think, how does she not score that? Don't get it. I mean, she's she's a tricky one because 
you know, she should score more goals. I think. Uh, thanks, John. Um, I did, I, did, I, I I am trying to mute when I. <clears throat> so you don't. You did. No one, you needs, did very no one well. needs to hear my sinuses. Um, she should score more than she does. I think it's for a long time her finishing has been the part of her game that we've not necessarily talked about, but we've bemoaned. Um, you know, and in terms of hearing her get the praise she deserves, or if it's, you know, Viv, and if we're putting them head to head, uh, Kerr, I mean, really tore it up when she was in, in America, and she really tore it up when, when she's played at home in, I'm going to call it the dub, even though it's not called the A-League. So there is loads of praise that comes to Kerr, but it comes from the other side of the Atlantic, it comes from the Southern Hemisphere. Now, we could get into it and really try and go off here and say, well, it's interesting that in Europe, we're, play- we're praising the European over the non-European, when, mm. you know, she does. Um, but yeah, there was, there was um, before her move, there was sort of the new talk of, oh, you know, she's, is she going to be good enough? Oh, she's too good. She's, you know, there was, depending on who you were and where you were, you were hearing different, different things, but you know, she's, she, she shows up. She, she does so much of what you want her to do. And you forgive her missing the easy chances when she scores the outrageous ones. And, and Chelsea is still comfortable. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, you know, and you're, she's missing these chances at 1 0. You think, you know, oh, no, I mean, this, this, if Arsenal get their act together, this could be horrendous for them. Nah, of course not. Uh, but yeah, um, so. She was at one point. She was like man marking Miedemar just outside the box, um, in in the, in the tail end of the first half, as when Arsenal were kind of finding a bit more rhythm. Little bloody, you know, she's she's doing so much in attack. She's she's back here. She's she's man marking Viv. Um, you know, we, we should be praising the whole the whole gamut of, of her game, um, and not being like hey, you should have scored. Uh, but yeah, no, she she shuts people up with the goals that she does score. Um, yeah, which is yeah. why she likes the the saucy celebrations as well. She's we haven't seen the bat flip that much um, in England, but she she has it in the locker. And maybe she should have gone for the bat flip um, after the the saucy saucy goal. Um, it, it, it was saucy. It was saucy. It's a goal that you look at, you just think, wow, you did that on the run. It, it was, it was, you know, it was like Zinsberger was having a very good game. You know, she was frustrating the, you know, the, the Chelsea players to a point. And that's, that, that's like Kerr saying, oh, you, you think you're having a good oh, yeah. And just humiliating her. She's like, oh, okay, you think you're right. I mean, I don't think she gets enough praise. I don't I think, think she, be. I don't think she gets enough praise. There, there is a, a, a very strong slice of dialogue that is Miedemar, Miedemar, Miedemar. And you, you, I'm glad you said it, that she she comes, she drops deep to mark opposing players. And I'm not thinking, people don't notice that. She does work a lot. And um, yeah, she she's the real deal. She is the real deal. But I, I, I did ask the question, is it too easy? Given the the amount that she's still missing, no. no. Okay. <laughs> she, 
yeah, like she, for a striker of her caliber, you're like, how how are you missing the easy ones? Um, and it's just it's it's such a stupid critique when she still scores so many and and scores so many so many ridiculous ones. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm not thinking her her goal tally would be off the chart. Yeah, off the chart. Ah, oh, anyway, um, I'm glad we got that in. Right, the other bit I wanted to talk about. Obviously, the FA Cup final was a good game for the neutral who was watching. Apologies, Arsenal fans. A hundred year celebration or acknowledgement that, you know, the women's game was banned and what the FA did and, you know, they former female players, women players were there in attendance and it was really good to, that they were recognised. And I thought this is going to be a fantastic day, you know, a celebration for the women's game. And then I flick on the iPlayer, as you do, and I thought it's on the BBC, I'm recording that, but I can't watch TV all the time because I live with someone else. So I'm using the tablet. And I see there's a Conti Cup game. I thought, oh, I'll have a bit of that before the game. And it's Sunderland, Aston Villa. So I thought, oh, Conti Cup didn't realise they were playing. Into my Google. There are about four or five fixtures going on. And I'm like, hold on. The FA are acknowledging that they banned women 100 years ago. And you have five games and they're not on the FA player. I mean, talk about own goals of own goals. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, um, I think it was Sunderland-Liverpool was the only match on on Saturday, I think. Um, and it was evening game. Nothing else was on. You think, all right, I, I'll stick that on after, you know, the NWSL um, championship final. It's going to be on the FA player. No. Why not? Why not? Um, I, think, I think, you know, it, it, it's still, and I, and I don't, I haven't actually been up to, no. <laughs> I haven't John actually says... been up to, 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 to Sunderland. John would probably know um, about uh, sort of any sort of structures around there and how easy it is to film games. You know, that's sort of kind of been one of the things that's held back um, broadcast, broadcasts of women's football matches is where teams play. And, and and if it's possible, if it's easy to film, and which kind of leads you into not seeing X and Y of, of teams at home because they're, they're, the grounds, are, you know, makes it really hard to, to film. So, you know, at Boreham Wood, they have to stick the cameramen on the roof, um, which is a bit weird the first time you see it, um, just of, of, of the other stand. But yes, yeah, so it can be a bit tricky with the type of places you play it, but it's also tricky because it's Conti Cup, and Conti Cup doesn't draw the most interest. Um, it's, I mean, even for a League Cup, I think, and the problem is because you've got the group stages and now you've not even got every team in the group stage, you know, and it's it's played midweek, so it clashes with the the Champions League, which is why Chelsea and Arsenal aren't in it, and the group stage. You know, it's it just it feels more and more like it needs to be another. It needs to be reformatted, reformatted again, um, which is a shame because it's more games for, for 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 teams who 
aren't getting those extra games. Um, but yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, I was, it's the problem as well because everyone's going to want to watch the FA Cup final, um, and and everyone else is is is, is playing their 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 county games. So it's all all a bit of a mess. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame for the players. For me, I just felt it was an own goal by the FA on the day when everyone was celebrating uh, the FA Cup final, that the, the women's game in terms of the profile. There were some tasty fixtures that weekend, the weekend. There were some tasty fixtures, you know, Sunderland, Aston Villa, obviously Sunderland had a heavy defeat, but they were on the FA player. Blackburn Rovers were playing Sheffield United. Manchester United were playing Leicester which was interesting because Emil Heskey was the manager for the game. I thought that was of interest. Everton were playing Durham. These were interesting games and it may not have had the the appeal of the FA Cup. It may not have, you know, been 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 fixtures that would have pulled in the non, um, non-football fan or, or, or someone who's only interested in the men's game. It, you could have said that, you know, for those that can't get tickets, who can't get to the FA Cup, these games are available as well. You can watch these games. None of that promotion is very easy and straightforward. Even if they said that, um, you know, we can't show it, but can we get someone to do commentary of the game on Twitter spaces? You'll create a, just anything, anything, just to be creative and forward thinking to include people. So it it, it looked to me, as if the FA were trying to clap their hands with two left hands. They didn't know what they were doing because they were saying, look at us, we've got the FA Cup final. We have so many people over here. We're going to celebrate um, what we did wrong or, or, or try and put things right in terms of the, the PR and how we stopped the growth of the game. But then you stop the growth of the game because you don't pot, you don't. <laughs> it's like trying to watch someone with two hands trying to clap, two left hands. That's what it looked like. And I just thought, it was comical. It was comical. And it, for me, I thought it was the most, this is this is a conversation I've had a year and a half with other fans about the Conti Cup and the FA have a platform that they can use at any point in time. At any point in time. It just it just seems strange. John has a comment. John has a comment. So the facilities are there for both clubs, but I'm not sure the willingness of the clubs to do it. Okay. Durham streamed most of their games during the lockdown, and they did stream they most did. of their games. They did. They popped pop them up on a, on Facebook. And if my memory serves, I think, and John will probably correct me if I'm wrong here, um, you could watch all the games for free. But they um, suggested or asked or put out in, into the, the stratosphere that you could donate um, the cost of a ticket, obviously because you couldn't get to see it live. And I think... Oh god, I don't want to say that went to charity if it didn't, but I they think they like you can donate. Um, oh god, so long ago, um, <laughs> I shouldn't have napped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And Durham are very good at that. Um, Durham always end up sort of having commentary uh, available that that actually gets done through like um. Durham Hospital Radio, I think. Um, I did listen to it on there, and it was and it was very good. Yeah, because they do it every week or when they're at home. Yeah. So they, they know what good. they're doing. It, um, it was very, very good. Very Durham, good. Durham are good about what they do and how they do. And yeah. 
yeah for and for for an independent team they're they're really on it um yeah yeah and john has corrected us there is it It says donations went to a local food bank fantastic yeah cheers john um you, you you know i for me there are certain things you can take a step forward but then you take a step back and i just felt that on on that day when it was talked about the fa cup and there was so much programming that on the one platform that the fa had total control of that if they couldn't even get cameras to every single ground that they had commentary didn't even have commentary you know and when i tweeted it you know had contact from DM, who does the Bristol City Vixen cast. They're not able to go to a fixture in the next round. Message Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, the game's not going to be streamed. There's nothing going to be on it. And I just thought to myself, this is a really strange thing following the anniversary. Bless you. Uh, the 100-year the, the um, anniversary, for a better word. Bless you again. See, silent sneezes is 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 all the rage. Silent sneezes. You can do it. Um, Excuse me. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all good stuff. All good stuff. Um, what I want to go on from from the FA Cup and the Conti Cup and the lack of the coverage. I want to talk about the the, the WSL. And th- th- there was an issue about player burnout following mm. the last international game that England played, or the Lionesses, where they scored, I don't know, a basketball. It was like watching the Lakers <laughs> versus whoever, and they scored how many goals? And it was like a fully, it was like a full squad, like a full first team squad. Mm. And I felt, well, if this is the kind of comp- competition or the opponents that you're going to play and you're going to score 15 plus goals with first team players who everyone keeps talking about player burnout is there is there real concern that this is is just something that that is used to to keep the game from going where it needs to go or in terms of the WSL are they just second fiddle to the national team in terms of the growth How long have you got? <laughs> well, you know, for about uh, another thirty minutes. <laughs> so what? <clears throat> I think what what's quite strange about football, male or female, um, in England generally, is we prioritise domestic football. You know, Premier League is what we make as the be all and end all. Whereas if you go around to um, any other country in the world, pretty much any other country, you know, it's the priority is playing for the national team. And players, excuse me, uh, players play their domestic football, obviously, to make money. Um, But that's the means to to the end of of, of playing for the national team for for a lot of players. That's that's the highest honour. And we... We kind of forget about that in England um, because there's so much money in the Premier League and we, you know, it's just kind of crazy with what the Premier League's done in the last <clears throat> 25 years or so. But you do see it a bit more in women's football that it's, you know, back when everything was part-time or pay-to-play or, you know, for everyone, 
for everyone. You know, it's not that way for, for England, England internationals right now, but you know, it's still not the best story around the world. You know, playing for your, for your national team is still like the highest honor for players to talk about. And, and there's definitely, you know, they, they like playing domestic football and they, they like playing Champions League and, and this, that and the other. But playing for the national team is still sort of the paramount. And the money the FA have put in to the WSL and why they've, they've put so much is so much of it has, has been the drive of, of having the, the best national team in the world. You know, so you're putting money into your domestic game with hopes that it will lead you to a, a World Cup win. Um, which is, I mean, yeah, you can try and do that. Um, but yeah, um, I think you have to kind of go through the individual players. Um, I think most, most, if not all, will say, you know, playing for, for the national team, getting to represent, you know, the, the national team is is still the, the highest honour and still everything, you know, the be all and end all for them. So that's why... <clears throat> excuse me, uh, absolute mess today. Um, if you go over to America, um, and I'm not going to name any player names, but there are some players who, when it comes to major tournaments, um, play through injuries, um, and they absolutely like ruin their bodies to, to give everything for, for, for the national team, which is why when it comes to the domestic season, they're always injured. Because when they get yanked out to play for, for the national team, when they're not fully fit, they, you know, they, they do give it everything. Um, so, yeah, um, I think that's kind of how it is for, for a lot of for, for the associations. I think it's, it's national team first. Um, but that scoreline was bloody horrific. It does nothing for the game. It does nothing for the game to have, uh, for, to see scorelines of 20-0. It does nothing. And I know that as a commentator or media pundit that you're reporting on it, you have to talk it up with vigour and enthusiasm. But that's not a competition. And uh, some of the goals, I mean, when you talk about the men's football and we talk about Pele as a legend and the people say, oh, he scored a, a, a thousand goals and everyone goes, oh, but who did he score against though? You know, he scored against Mickey Mouse team. I mean, is this where we're going? You know, is this where we're going in the women's game that you can score against a team that have got, you know, the population of a coach, coach trip? I mean, in England's group, there are, I think it's three teams who are outside the, the top 100 in the world. You know, and... Yeah, the Luxembourg Luxembourg team have two players of note. Um, they're teenagers and they play in Belgium. Uh, North Macedonia have one player of note, one one pro player um, who you might know. Uh, Latvia don't even have one player of note, um, unfortunately. You know, you're looking at, at teams that are trying, um, you know, and they're trying, but they're, they're part-timers, they're amateurs. You know, like the Latvia game, some of the starters or would-be starters couldn't get the time off work to play. Like, you know, this it's a familiar story for England if you go back a few years. 
you know, you had to, you know, you were sort of switching shifts at work so you could represent England. You know, it's the same same story for, for, for Latvia. They couldn't get the, the, the time off. But this is also the, the first uh, qualifying campaign that there hasn't been a, pre- a preliminary a pro- <laughs> a preliminary round um, of, of qualifying. There were only prelims. And I'm not saying that that usually weeds out the worst teams, um, but that does give games to the lower-ranked nations as they play each other, and then you have less in the um, in the group stage. But obviously, we didn't have that this year. Everyone's just gone in. Um, and so you're seeing more of these score lines. Uh, all across, and it's it's horrible. And it's just showing there's there's a gap um, in in Europe and in, in everywhere in football between those with professional selves, those who have full time players, and the teams that don't. Um, and then COVID makes that gap even worse because no body play and you know you have to divert funds and, and, and away from from growth and infrastructure. And it's just crap, really. And it, I'm not saying that the football's crap. I'm just saying the 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 disparity. Is and you know you UEFA aren't happy about about the scores. It doesn't look good for the women's game at all. And you say, well, why did why did you keep playing? Why did why did you put out your strongest team? And you'll have you'll have different arguments and reasons for it. And obviously, it's, it, you can't if you're a footballer. I don't think you, I don't think you can just kind of stop playing or just start passing the ball around. I think that in itself is offensive if you're passing the ball around between players. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, and Wiegmann is, is new. Um, she's playing the matches that she's, you know, that England are playing the matches in front of them. She's trying to learn about the squad. You know, before <laughs> big Euro's coming up, not many um, matches that would be an, an ask or a test for England. They're coming up in February against uh, Germany, Spain, and Canada. Um, so she's got to prepare for those and she's got to prepare for the Euros. You say, well, that's why you play your best team. Because she's new and she's got to, she's got to ask questions of her players. But it's a mess because is she asking questions of those players because they're playing such weakened opposition? I turned that match off at halftime. I was feeling really gross about it. Um, and I had other matches on anyway. Um, that, as you always do. Yeah, I had half an eye on it. I thought oh, I should probably keep it. No. Um, same with like the North Macedonia and Luxembourg games. I knew that they were not going to be particularly um, fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 didn't, it didn't interest me initially. And the scoreline didn't interest me at all. I just felt... You know, player burnout is an issue that that fans of the WSL teams talk about, and it was a full strength squad, and it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And if you know, new manager or not, you would have an idea of the the players that you've played against because you manage the Dutch national team, so they're not they're not unfamiliar to you. You know, those names are household names in the Lionesses team. They've been there for quite a while. Ellen White is not new. Not new. 
Steph Houghton's mm. not new. Not new. <laughs> I mean, Steph's really injured. bright. Not new. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if they're the t- if they're the players that she wants to play, um, I mean, you know, is, is looking at sort of for a starting eleven or starting twenty two or whatever. Um, yeah, I burnout. Burnout is an issue, and with the Olympics and everything and, and sort of this the constant tournaments now. Yeah, it's it's a problem. Um and I think it was Emma Hayes who said, you know, coaches injure their players. You know, didn't you know, club coaches and, and they have to so Emma's really um good about resting players and uh, and keeping, you know, things like that in mind, which is sort of why you know, Kerr and Kirby didn't start their first match against Arsenal at the start of the season. You know, she's been trying to manage their minutes there. We saw Williamson get injured for Arsenal. Big injury for them. Definitely felt her loss um, on the weekend, although they might have been as sloppy with her. You never know. Um, yeah, so it's... I mean, it's, it's up to the coaches who they want to play and you know, and, and, and taking on board all the all the info about their fitness and, 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 and their loading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a coach. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, I don't know what it's like. Feel like, oh, I, sh- I should definitely play. Give give Beth Mead 90 minutes. Give Evan White 90 <laughs> minutes. That's definitely... Oh, Frank Kirby's had a lot of injuries. Okay, good. 90 minutes. Um, she had a long plane trip. 90 minutes. <laughs> tell, tell her to not worry about the warm down. Ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Was it minutes. someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, the... someone got injured um, the other day, and I can't remember who, and it's bothering me. And, and Alana went... Kennedy. Yeah. Alana Kennedy got injured after not playing. She was like doing the the sprints at the end of the match, doing the warm down, um, and she got injured there. And she, she beat. I think she tweaked a muscle. Um, so she was out of the Australia squad. I, th- I think I think I'm right in this. Um, someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Someone will very angrily correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, it's like she didn't play and she got injured in in the match, and she she wasn't going to start. Was, she didn't play a single minute of that match, and she got injured. And she got it's injured. It's ridiculous. Um, well, you, what, you what's know, happening with these players? It, it, it is something special in terms of player burn, and we'll see it. And and. We will see what happens in the fixtures because obviously now that the FA Cup final is gone, there's games this week, the Champions League, the WSL returns. You know, everyone's talking about already looking at players in the Champions League, how they can strengthen their squad. You know, I want to move on to the Championship, but for the the WSL next round of games, um, Reading host Chelsea, Brighton host Man United, Everton West Ham, Birmingham hopes Man City, no hope for there. Uh, Aston Villa hosts Tottenham and Arsenal hosts Leicester. You know, out of all of those fixtures, is there anything or any team that you would, you, you're going to say that, oh, they're going to do something special or is it going to be business as usual considering this lengthy international break that we've all kind of slept walk through? I mean, the Brighton Man United game 
looks interesting. Looks like it could have some chaos. <laughs> we like a bit of chaos. But then, I, then you know, saying Birmingham City, Man City, I'm thinking, um, and I'm well, sorry for that. As an honest reaction, any, I don't. Sorry, Birmingham City fans. Um, it's you know, you, you know what it's like watching your team. Um, it's yeah, for us, it's going to be troublesome for them. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, getting rid of Scott Booth. I, I didn't. We talked about this last time, but. <sighs> well, they're not the only team that make change manager. Those are the, they're not. Leicester. Didn't yeah. see that coming. By my Jono. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a. I don't know. I thought they could have held. Again, we talked about it last time. I thought they could have um, held on, but uh, they. Uh, you're correcting me as well. You're correct me if I'm wrong. I was I was very much FA Cup mode the other uh, the other day, so I I, I yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, they beat United on penalties, didn't they? They did, they did. They were two two at full time. Um, like I said earlier, Emil Heskey was the manager for the for the moment for that moment, and they beat them on penalties in in the Conti Cup group stage game, which you know is great for them. They have a new manager. Lydia, I believe her name is. I'll yeah. get that correct. Lydia Bedford. Yeah, that's one. Um, another manager from the FA background. It seems as if WSL clubs are like, if you haven't come through the FA, you're not worth your salt. Tottenham. Who else? Lydia, I think Vicky is there. I'm not sure where Gemma Davis was at. Was at Birmingham. She's with the FA now, so it seems as if you know, if you're not in a club, you go and work with the FA, and then that'll be your route back into the WSL kingdom at some point in time. Birmingham are in trouble, but I'm I'm wondering now with Leicester's new, you know, spring in their step after that win or penalty success and a new manager, will this be the turning point for them? Hmm. Um. I still against, think they've got a the punch drunk Arsenal. <sighs> you see, um, Arsenal are at home to Barcelona on Thursday. Like um, I said, punch drunk. Yeah, they're they're going to be on the ropes, aren't they? Um, yeah, the, about the worst match they could have played um, after that final. Ah, dear. Um, I don't think that's going to be a fun match for them. No. I don't think playing the Emirates is a good idea, um, other than getting more fans in. This is even bigger pitch for Barcelona to just well, have fun on. But yeah. uh, I think that kind of means that they're going to want to go out and play their best and be like, we're not, we're not our, our last couple of results. I'm completely writing them off against Barcelona. Um so if they do something in Arsenal, again, Arsenal fans, they're going to be so angry about this. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Leicester game will be them going, right, we've, we've had a couple of rough ones. We're going to we're gonna have a good one for us. We're going to pick up three points. We're going to score some goals. Um, and it's going to be a really tough one for, for, for Leicester, regardless of Arsenal players being tired. That being said, Arsenal are really thin, thin on the ground when it comes to centre-backs. Um, I don't want to say that the players that started the FA Cup final will say, oh, 
Shishi and she were, were carrying knocks, but I don't think the players that started, all of them were 100%. Um, some of them just, yeah, it was a weird game uh, from, from individual perspectives. So that's one way you can get Arsenal. You can get at Arsenal, I should say. Um, it's, yeah, the centre-back uh, area is looking a little bit weak and possibly a little bit injured as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think Leicester are going to have a tough one. Um, they they are they are indeed. Yeah, it, maybe some in free ground, sort of like the Everton game, maybe. But uh... yeah, indeed. I tell you what, we're going to talk about um, a step away from the WSL. Yeah, just a brief brief thing on the the championship. Um, Sunderland obviously had a, a very heavy defeat. Uh, in the Conti Cup, and I, it, you know, it, it did kind of show the gap between the Championship and the, and the WSL team, uh, to say. But but the the next round of fixtures in in the Championship are going to be really interesting. That they're, they're not around. They're not they're not playing this week. They don't play their games until the 18th of December. So you know, weekend before Christmas or second weekend before Christmas. But uh, of all of the teams, all of the games in, in that division, you know, the, the fixture I'm looking at that will be very tasty is going to be the Coventry-Watford game. Both teams with very few points, got five points each. And uh, I'm still dithering on which fixture to go to, Sophie. Do I go to Crystal Palace at home to Lewis? Or do I go to London City, Lionesses? Uh, versus Bristol City, and I, I, I might end up going to London City Lionesses. I know you told me that would be the better game, and I was kind of hedging my bets. But in terms of the table, uh, Bristol City, if they they win their game, they'll they'll be right up there. They'll you know they'll be on 20 points, and uh, London City Lionesses on 19, Liverpool with 23. So it will be a very interesting. A very interesting game to go to, and if Bristol do come through that game, uh, you know it'd be interesting to see two former WSL teams at the top of the championship, you know, duking it out for the rest of the season to see who, who gets back into the uh, into the big boys club or big girls club or just the big club, the big cheese club, the big cheese, big cheddar, yeah. See who's the brie and who's the gouda. Um, <laughs> not just ordinary cheddar. Morrison's co-op. This podcast is not sponsored by either of those. I must state that now. Other cheeses are available. Indeed, from other stores. Express. I. But you got to wonder which of them will be painting the the town red Leicester this this season. <laughs> but. Uh, It's a, cheese, it's a joke. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's getting a little bit tight at the top, isn't it? Um, it's, it's getting interesting. It's getting yeah. very interesting. Um, I, I, Palace Lewis will probably be really interesting as well. Um, it's just how often you can get to see Bristol, or how often you get to see Lewis, or you know. Um, I think last time I told you go go to the LCL game and then get down to a Lewis game. I'm, I, that's the plan. Get down. I'm going to have to go down to Lewis, but I, it may be when the the weather is slightly warmer. You know, and that can be a bit can be a bit cold on the south coast. A bit fresh. 
oh, brisk. A bit you'll, brisk. You'll be awake for the match. You'll be awake. I'll be awake for the match. Be more than awake. I'll be more than awake. I, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll be frozen. No, no, no. It, it, I'll definitely be looking to go down. It won't be January, that's for sure. When I go down to to Lewis, but it'll be slightly beyond those uh, that month. That month for sure. But uh, yeah, the fixtures are going to, you know, those fixtures are going to be interesting. And Liverpool host Charlton, and you, you, I could see. Charlton getting a result. Mm-hmm. I can see Charlton getting a result. They're a good team. Yeah. They're a good team, Charlton. Yeah. Yeah. I think Liverpool are getting the um the margins on, on their in, in their favour at the minute. Um mm. whether that, that will continue for the season, uh dunno. But they are getting over the line in each match and that's that's helping their, their points total. Yeah. So we'll have to see as as, as those games go on. But there's so many match uh, so many teams. Who can who can take points? Um, it's really fun all season. It is. I I mean, my my aim is to go to as many as the championship games as possible, and just uh, uh, you know, I just love the championship. I I like the WSL. Don't get me wrong. Trying, but it's just championship just has a a bit of edge, a bit of edge. That's all. A bit of edge. I like a bit of edge. Um, now this is the bit we've waited a long time to get this. To this bit, and and this is what I need to ask you. What's going on in WSL, man? What's going on? Man? I see players getting traded. I see people talking about cash out, not in, in. Out. I'm like, what's going on? What's going you, on? You're getting a bit, you're getting a bit Marvin Gay on me. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Um, how familiar are you with? the drafting and trading system. I am not familiar at all. I haven't got a Scooby-Doo. I am a novice, apprentice. But I just see on Twitter people going out of their Twitter heads with Mm. what's happening and players going from here to there. I see Alex Morgan is going to be managed by Casey Stoney, apparently. Yep. You know, so... Yeah, John's yeah. putting his money on Liverpool to win the championship. John, yeah, I know. He, the thing is, it would be easy to do that, John. From your comment, thanks again for your comment, John. Um, it's too soon to say. It's too soon because you know this time last year, Durham. I think it was last year or the year before, Durham were at top of the league, and then as soon as it got to Christmas, two trips and a fall. Didn't make it, you know. Or was it the season before? It was, I think, it was it. They two trips on a fall, and they just whoop, whoop, fell away. So, you know, not not there yet. That Liverpool haven't blasted teams away like Leicester did last season. But yeah, but look it? how Leicester are going this season. Yeah. Maybe it's slow and steady. I don't know. Yeah. Cheers, John. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, oh, I know you so. American sports are American sports are something. Um, so there are there are caps in American sports, and there are things that that you have across American sports um, that 
supposed to drive parity. So when it comes to, so you start, before the season starts, you have a college draft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every every player who's gradu- graduating um, university can opt into the draft and then they get, they can be drafted by teams. Um, and the draft order is decided based on, pretty much just decided based on who won the season last year. So the worst teams get the higher picks, but then you can trade your draft orders as well. We'll talk about that in a second. Very well, am I talking about? Okay, so and it's to 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 sign players basically through 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 the draft and, and build your team. Which again, most most of the players in the draft, not all of them, Americans, and that's a good route to play for the national team. Um, right, but then what you can do in America is teams own player rights, and 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 then there's discovery rights as well, which you can just bullshit out and be like, oh, we, we've got we've got we're laying claim to that player. She doesn't play here. She doesn't even know we exist as a team, but we like her. We're laying claim to her. Um, if she comes to NWSL, we get her. We, it, that's a horrible one. Um, so you have teams' own own player rights, which means that they can trade players as as they like. So instead of you know it being like we think of where you sign players and then you sell players or you loan players, it's you just. You, you can you can trade their rights. So one day that player is playing for you, and then you tell them that they've been traded. They don't have a fucking say in it. This is something that the players' association is trying to change, and they're trying to make it just better for players because it's it's rough. Um, you get traded to another team. Uh, you know, two days later you're playing for them. You know, th- this stuff always just lands on players as a bombshell, and there's there's no safety unless you're like an allocated player, a national team player, or you know, a star of the team. But you know, so that's a lot of players who who kind of live in this. Oh, I, I wrote about this quite extensively a couple of years ago. Um, I'll I'll I'll, I'll link you to it because it does Please. try and explain all this stuff. Um, and it kind of gives you you know what it's like as as a player. It's rough. Um, you know, a player I talked to said it's like living in fear because you're so scared in training. What if you, if you have a bad training, you could get tra- you get traded. Um. Shit, um, you know, and you're playing for yourself more than you're playing for your teammates in your club um, because you're scared of getting traded. But again, this is something that the players' association are trying to change and trying to make stuff a lot better for the players in terms of that. So these trades will happen all season long. Um, you know, players just go. Uh, NWSL or US Soccer has brought in allocation money as well, which can be used as now a tradable asset. Um, it's, it's strange because then it's the whole point is that the system is to kind of like negate allocate uh, money, but then it comes in. So every team has some allocation money and then you can spend it. You can use it. You can literally buy players through your, you know, it's a trade, but you're trading money for a player. Um, or you can buy, you know, draft orders or picks or, or, or immunity or whatever. Um, yeah, but you get some trades and it's like, we're sending this player, we're getting this player, but we're also getting their eighth draft pick in four years' time. It's like some of them are so far in the future. <clears throat> and that's funny because then you go back and you're like, what was that? Who did you sign? How did she turn out for you? Was it worth it? Um, you, just get, you get some really grand, like, and the last draft pick you get, we're just throwing that in. 
Um, so some teams build around the draft. Some teams really look to bring those players out of college, set them into the team, grow them as rookies, and have that as their team. Some teams do not do that um, and don't use the draft like that. They, they, they like to trade away stuff. Or, you know, there, there's also the thing you can do where you sign a player or acquire her rights because you know someone else wants her rights. So you've got those rights. So you can trade her immediately away and get something you want, which is fucked up. Um, but yeah, so the whole thing is instead of players having the control and the autonomy and be like, I've signed for this team, I'm playing for this team, it's the team own their rights. So the you know the, the, the power is with the team. So what we're seeing, because we've got two new teams coming into the league in, in Angel City and San Diego Wave, um, um, there it is. Uh, is you have to have an expansion draft, and that's where these two new teams can just pick players from all the other existing teams, because um, obviously they've got to build their squads, um, and that's why we're seeing like immunity as a as a tradable asset. So Angel City will say, if you give us this, we won't sign any of your players, or we won't sign that player. Um, so that's the type of thing we're seeing. And so you've got Alex Morgan going to San Diego, um, which I don't think is confirmed yet, but has been rumored. Um, she's also, she's a Cali native. I think, I think her husband plays somewhere around there as well. You know, Julia is going to Angel City. Again, you know, that's sort of more her neck of the woods than Chicago. Her husband plays um, in Phoenix. So there is, sometimes you see trades that are, uh, sometimes about football, sometimes about personal stuff. So Sarah Waldmo, um, who was Sarah Killian, played for Sky Blue for years and 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 then got traded to Chicago Red Stars. Now, the reason that trade happened is because her other half, um, Mr. Waldmo, uh, is, I think, Chicago-based, that area. So that was a, a, you know something that, that Sky Blue wanted, or Gotham, as they are now, wanted to... to yeah, she, Killian had been really, really good for them, a really like long-standing servant, and they're like, look, you know, you deserve to go and live with your other half. Um, so go away. Um, and that was a trade that could happen um, for, that, for that reason, and it was more kind of personally driven by that. But, you know, so these trades pop up, and there's a lot of them going on right now and a lot of big moves happening um, because these teams have to build their rosters. They have, they have, they don't have any players, Um they can't just sign an entirely new team, so they get to they get to trade about for them. Um, and we're seeing, you know, um, like Angel City are, are, are looking at. I think you can only see that they want to build a bit through the draft, and they want to sign, and they want to do this and the other. But there are loads of weird rules in NWSL, and like no one ever knows what the rules are anyway. Stuff kind of just, you know, no one knows who's on anyone's discovery lists. It's just it's a mess because there's such little transparency. Um, but it's it's a system that is built entirely differently. And a system that is ironically built for parity and competitiveness, um, but it doesn't always work out like that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's sort of the systems you see. It's like basketball and stuff and, and base for American football as well. I'm not over American other American sports, but I think that's it. Because like, I think a lot of basketball players are, are known to be sort of traded around, which is fine if you earn a lot of money, because then you can just move and you have your creature comforts and everything's grand. In NWSL, you're staying with a host family 
or you're staying, you know, with, with other teammates and you don't have this to fall back on, you know, and, and then you get traded and, you know, it's, 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 it's not the best of, it's not the best of lives. Um, yeah, but I, I'll hook you up with that. I'll call it my, hopefully it will be illuminating um an answer no no you've given me a a very detailed answer and it's been good it's an insight obviously and and as you were speaking about it i thought oh it's kind of like the american football draft but you've given it a little bit more of a human feel in terms of the partners that are involved and how moves happen and what that might mean for the family and you don't really always take that into consideration and you, you you look at the european format of of the game where players are bought outright by the club and they have a contract for a particular period of time whether it's 12 months or two years and there's a very kind of different feel to it and it just it it, like you say it's it's fucked up you know and it just it's a bit odd at the same time you're looking at the american game and thinking they're so far ahead in terms of being professional and what's going on for them in terms of the national team and the standards that they have as, as football players. But yet still there's this kind of caveman approach to acquisitions and players moving from club. It's very barterish, mm. which is odd when you're talking about human beings and sport. Yeah, it's, it's so if you, I think if you grow up with American sports, so if you're a, American you grow up and it's it's normal it's what you know and it's kind of it's almost like the contract you're signing to play sport whether it's football or, or whatever but see the money isn't there in end of yourself so if you're a basketball player if you're an American footballer and you're getting traded you can move your entire family with you um but yeah it's it's normal for for Americans I think you kind of have that moment of wait a minute that's a bit fucked up because the humans and well huh not a commodity, um, but anyone coming to NWSL from any other, you know, from, from the system, we know, like, what in the fuck? Is this normal? For, how, 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 how is this normal for you? This isn't right. This is the, the people. What the, you know, um, so it can really take a long time to, to get your head around um, if, you're, if you're not familiar with it. And it's, it's shit. Um, it's yeah, it's just treating human beings like, 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 oh, uh, yeah, um, I'm right, Grog. Um, I tell you what, I'll give you this chair I made for that cow. Cheers, it's like marbles. Yeah. I've got, I've got a special one, it's crystal. What have you got? It's all stripes. What's it worth to you? What's it worth? Conquer your defender, conquer your goalkeeper. Yeah. Honestly, thank you for that. Uh, I'm gonna. If there was a team for me to follow, who, any suggestions? What do you look for in a team? Well, that's a really tricky question. Considering I like, I, I do. I like football. I like teams that pass the ball, but also mix it up. But I like a variety of things. Um, uh, I think. It's very difficult for me to say I like what I'm looking for in one team <clears throat> because there is more than one way to win a game. And I think as a team and a manager, you have to kind of like, you know, this is not working. Let's try this. This is working. Let's stick to that. Or, you know, check. football is a very, it's it's a live action chess game, but just more contact. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff coming out about NWSL teams, as you know, um, that makes it hard to... Uh 
to read for some of them. Um, My pen is poised. For football. There's a moment, people. For football. Um, Sophie's going to make a suggestion. Rodney's going to say, who's your follow? I'm going to suggest a few um, as to annoy more people than not. Um, Washington Spirit. Washington who actually Spirit. Just, who won the, uh, the, the, the championship. Um, they can be very good at playing football. Um, they, they have some good young players and they have some intelligent players. Um, and again, like every, everything's about to change anyway because loads of teams are getting new managers and people are losing players and getting players. But I'm just going to try and, you know. Um, O.L. Rain, who were formerly Seattle Rain, uh, coached by Laura Harvey. Again, feels like they're about to lose a whole bunch of players, but um, can play some very fun football. Um, okay. You know, depending on who they lose or who they don't, um, can, can be quite fun to watch. Um, and... Gotham FC, formerly Sky Gotham. Blue. Batman. I am the night. I am, I am the NWSL champion. So they're um, they don't have the the most packed or stacked roster, but they've got some really good players um in like Mitch Purse uh, and Ify Omanunu, um and they yeah they're 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 a bit of a vibey team like. You know, it's not. Sometimes it's just about the vibes, um, and yes. they've got they've got a good social media game. Whoever is doing their tweets is, is yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I'm go- well, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow those guys on Twitter and just say I'm new to you, your world. What's going on? And see what they say. See what they say. They might say anything. Thank you, Sophie. Um, Right, we're nearly at the end, and this is what I mentioned at the beginning. Um, this is a bit a bit cheeky. Uh, I was thinking, what what if the women's football Woso had Marvel's version of what if? What okay. what would that be like? And um, I just thought it'd be this: what if Emma Hayes managed Manchester United? <laughs> Holy moly! What? What? So I've just I've just heard, like what? you know, in the force, a whole bunch of Chelsea fans crying and a whole bunch of you Man United fans crying, and they're crying for different reasons. <laughs> that was that was a disturbance in the force. Um, that is someone that else. Is... Someone else needs the tissues right now. Um, <laughs> what? Is... Ooh. Let's 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 get the graphics up. Let's get the graphics up. Oh no! What if Manchester United? I thought you'd put like a United kit or something. No, no. My my photoshopping skills aren't that good. It's basic. Yeah. Um. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm not even thinking about the football. Um, Emma Hayes (laughs) would be. Oh God! Like everyone, everyone Mark Skinner answers to, everyone Casey Stoney answers to, they would have Emma Hayes in their offices every morning, um, just saying that they're not doing enough um, and demanding better standards. And and it doesn't even matter what United standards are. Hayes would be just on them and. You know, that's something. I think I'm going to say this. So, when she 
was it was it Chelsea first Chelsea first signed or you know for them that was something she was she was on it she was like demanding better um you know and and to push the women's game forward and you know, this and she was relentless like I can't imagine what it had been like to have been her boss at that point because yeah you've been put in your place pretty quickly um but yeah, she pushes the, the the game forward by by that. Um, but yeah, that should be in like she have a meeting with Malcolm Glazer. He wouldn't even know about it. She'd just be there. Um, just, <laughs> just not good enough. Malcolm is not good, you know. Um, uh, United would have it. Yeah, but United would have a lot better standards uh, off the pitch, and we wouldn't have had that story um, about how. How they're being treated some of the players are being treated um yeah god can you imagine like hayes and stoney together just like fighting oh good god like, you, you never get That's, a moment's peace that that would be just like a that would be a marvel universe yeah. that would be like iron man versus um who did he have beef with for and one of them he had he had beef with someone i'm just thinking yeah. he's gonna fight they're just gonna no iron man versus captain america that's what it would be just yeah epic but i just thought you know news today um that manchester united women are looking for a i don't know a sporting director or whatever i don't know what that means yeah. and i just thought well this is this is the moment what if and i thought you know when teams look at other play- clubs that always go oh, we want to cherry pick that player we want to cherry pick that player we we don't support that team, but we will take that player and and and, they do. and I just thought it's the manager, mm. it's the manager, you know. You're pining after Casey. You're walking around with your hands behind your back with the current manager, cursing beneath your mouth like it's you're in some noir movie, hoping praying not to be noticed by the police, and casting flirtive eyes over at Birmingham. Well, not at Birmingham, but in that that vicinity, yeah. just to be clear, to anyone listening, yeah. um, you know, Blue, who's who's that manager? Who's that manager? Yeah, here? just you know, yeah. like part of the resistance. Shh, say nothing. And I just thought, well, you know what? Why not? What if Emma Hayes managed Manchester United? What what could the the endless scenarios that could possibly happen? Happen? And it just as a conversation, I think that I'm going to do another what if next time and just it won't necessarily be Emma Hayes because that'd be just too you know you you could actually do Emma, Emma Hayes with every team in the WSL just for the hell of it you know why not um, yeah um, I, yeah I, you'd never get Hayes loves managing Chelsea um, I know but this and is she, why she loves managing as well this, like this is why that question makes it so controversial it's so controversial what if Emma Hayes managed Chelsea. Would they have lost? She does manage Chelsea. Um, no, I mean uh, manage yeah. Man United. Would would they have lost Lauren James? Hmm. Again, I think that move was more than just about the football and what was going on. Oh, I know. The pitch for United. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's there's um... a whole t- toilet thing going on. Um, yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, we have literally we've run to time we've gone over time oh god every time we've gone over time we've gone over time Uh, and I'm glad we left that right until the end as well because uh, that was a good one 
you, you pause for breath with that one, Sophie. You just thought, what? I just... So what, what are you putting into the universe, mate? Um, it's going to make people upset. But it yeah, is. Um, That's why I've, I've left it on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and let, let that be the resounding. Um, yeah. Let that be the resounding indeed. Right, what are you up to this week and where can we find you? Well, I'm probably going to have another nap. Um, nice. Should be at the Emirates on Thursday. Because um, I missed out on, on watching Arsenal get battered this week, the last weekend, so I'm going to do it this week. Uh, sorry. Better um, class. Better class of battering, I suppose. It's like superhero versus villain. Just who am I getting beaten up by this week? Yeah. It's, it's um, you know, I, I've said it a few times, I think the potential in the Arsenal team is massive. They've got some issues they need to sort out, but the potential is there. Don't think they're going to have a fun time on Thursday, but I will hopefully be there being very cold um, and doing whatever the hell I'll be doing. Uh, otherwise, I'll be across the Champions League games tomorrow at home with numerous screens. Uh, I haven't quite decided what I'm doing this weekend. Um, I think I might opt for staying at home with my numerous screens. That way I can sleep and watch Japanese football and loads of weird stuff like that. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Lawson underscore SV, tweeting up a whole bunch of crap. Um, yeah, always across some some match or another. <laughs> always across some match. And um, yeah, I, and I don't know why your name's not being displayed under your, your photo. Something that I must have clicked on earlier, which is probably in the settings somewhere. And I have no idea what I've touched, but the, that's just typical. Uh, anyway, um, thanks again for coming on. Um, love to get you back on um, sometime in the future, um, post post Christmas, because uh, next week uh, I'll be chatting with uh, D M Withers from Bristol City Vixen Cast. Uh, just a, it's been a while. And uh, we're just going to have a, a bit of a, a, a little chit chat about Bristol City and all things Championship, probably. Yeah, maybe perfect. It would be perfect. And uh, she, uh, not she, DM is, uh, not she, it's not she, they, uh, a part of the gang that I hang around with virtually. Uh, we're doing a, a hold the line, I think it's the 19th, actually. Uh, we're doing it Twitter, a Twitter spaces where we hopefully get uh, some kind of input from fans across the WSL and the FAWC. So we'll be looking forward to that. So and then it'll be Christmas, and then yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I have the same sense of in uh, yeah. excitement as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right then. Uh, that's it. That's it from us for now. It's a Christmas joy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, as long as I get a couple of mince pies, I'll be all right. Right, that's it from us. That's Sophie. I'm Rodney Cyrus. This was on and off the pitch. We've been talking all things football, women's football, hundred years, what the FA could do better, what the FA needs to do now, um, some NWSL stuff, and and. <laughs> Walsall's version of what if. What if Emma Hayes managed Manchester United? What would the world look like?
go blimey. See you later. I just want to watch the game.